You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 150 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Dadu Worldwide himself, Jay Desai. Can you believe it's been 150 episodes, Jay? Yeah, I hope you have a really special guest. Well, I was thinking, like, we did something big for 50. We did something big for 100. And I was thinking, who could we get? Like, what would be the, you know, 150 episodes? That's a big deal. And we got Caleb. So what's up, everybody? Budget cuts, huh? (laughs) That's for sure. No, we're, we're joined today by our good friend, Caleb Lepke. Caleb was on the podcast a while back as well. Um, telling us about his history in church production and all that. But Caleb is the marketing director for Amplio Systems, and they're a Chicago-based integration firm that has been a partner and friend of MXU since the very beginning. And so, Caleb, we're thrilled to be able to talk again and check in with you guys. How's it going? How you doing? Man, it's going uh, It's going well, man. I. Uh, what's really funny is I was like kind of prepping for this call today and I found, um, I found some old, uh, documents. I think that you made Jeff, when you were doing a lot of coaching and I was a part of your coaching circles early on, probably 2017, something like that. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's been, been a long time that, uh, I've known, uh, you and kind of seeing the world change through it and everything that you're doing and what I'm doing now is very different. So it's, uh, Yes, but good, man. Um, That's good, man. I remember yeah. those days fondly. I think about those sessions a lot, actually, because there are guys who are part of those cohorts that are still really great friends. And, you know, it's people like you and Nathan Bong and Seth Thiessen and a bunch of those guys who have, you know, continued to lead church teams really well, some of whom have gone on to other things in the industry. Uh, but just to to know that, the heart that was behind a lot of those um, meetings is alive and well. So even though we're not necessarily doing that on a month to month basis, you know, the fact that the people who were a part of those are continuing to serve the church faithfully and to serve the industry well. And it's just, it's humbling and gratifying to me to just continue that, you know, even if it's not specifically with a curriculum, just to know that, the heartbeat is still there and that you guys are just crushing it. So thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see. I mean, same thing for me. I mean, people that I was in um, some of those sessions with and those guys are still hanging around in their churches. Um, Some of them have moved on to uh, different church staffs and different roles. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, that season of that 2015 to basically pre-COVID, you know, was this an incredible, like, um, hyper-aware community that was all trying to learn from each other and, like, share information. I feel like, uh, yeah, I I tribute a lot of um, friendships that I have today and, um, yeah, just, you know, things that I learned through a lot of those conversations in groups and uh, group settings with other church uh, you know, guys and girls who are doing it. Um, so it was, it's cool. And, uh, it was, it was awesome. fun to, you know, reminisce and, and think about it a little bit, uh, earlier yeah, today. So you've, you've transitioned from your role as production director at a large multi-campus church to now working for an integrator 
that serves a lot of churches. So um, there's one big thing we need to talk about, which is the Worship Classic Golf Tournament, because we're Let's partnering go. with you guys. Let's go golfing! Dude, DJ, DJ Colin. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, dude. amazing. His golf personality is the fun. I don't even play golf, y'all. We talked about it on the last episode, but I've got the Golf Digest issue where he's on the cover on my coffee table right now. So Let's anyway, go. he's he's great. I mean, he's killing it. My man woke up one day and said, he woke up and said, I'm going to get into golf and I'm taking everyone on the journey with me. Whether you like it or it's, not. It's pretty amazing because uh, I went golfing on Saturday and every time I had a great drive, I would just scream right down the middle. And, uh, you know, just man, DJ Khaled, thanks for everything you do. If you want to come, DJ Khaled, you are invited. Uh, we'd love to have you. That's the official invite. So if anybody <laughs> who's listening to the podcast has an in with DJ Khaled, tell him September 13th in Atlanta at Stone Mountain Golf Club, the Worship Classic, uh, brought to you by our friends at Amplio. It's the day before MXU Live. So if you're coming to MXU Live, come a day early play golf with us. You know, the, the great thing about the event is that it's really not about the golf. I mean, it's a no, given totally. that my team's going to win. So don't worry about winning. <laughs> Just know that if you come, you're going to meet and network with and befriend a lot of people who are at great churches all over the country. And you can share a day together where you're not thinking about switchers and cameras and audio consoles. You can just unplug and leave work at work and enjoy some fellowship and food and drinks and golf and make new friends. So we're excited. I can't wait. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a blast. Is that a good this commercial? Our... Oh, it was amazing. It was unbelievable. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna come to the I'm gonna come to the golf tournament and just yell like DJ Khaled. Please while other you should play. As long as you're wearing something Khaled like. Yeah, man. Mm. Wear your MXU like uh, your button-up shirt that you have that you wore at the first golf tournament in Orlando. I gave those away. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Somebody could have paid good money. You gave for them to Goodwill. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I gave all three of them to Goodwill. I had three different kinds. Uh, this is what happens when you get when you get on Instagram late at night. You're like, what? You can put a logo on anything. I'll take three three Hawaiian shirts. It's amazing. Now there's some amazing. homeless guy in Atlanta walking around all decked out in MXU. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll probably show up to the event. Please You'd let him in. 100%. Yeah, it's uh it's going to be a blast. Um, you know, we this is my technically I was on staff last year for it, but I kind of came on staff like right before uh the Worship Classic last year in Nashville. Um and it was amazing, man. I remember uh you know, I had obviously recently left church staff and I remember texting my wife as I was driving around on a golf cart, handing out drinks and some cigars to people and just going, Hey, uh, I stink and love my job. I don't think you understand what I'm doing right now. And if you did, you'd probably be mad, but it's pretty great. And, uh, you know, the whole, I mean, yeah, Jeff, you just said it. It's not about golf. Uh, I like playing golf, but man, I'm terrible. And, uh, and so are lots of people who come and play, but it's just, uh, it's about community, uh, developing relationships with, uh, you know, church, uh, worship, creative production leaders all over the country that are just coming in to just go, Hey, 
here's a day that's completely about um, you guys. It's 100% free. Uh, you can register at amplio.golf. Uh, we have very little spots left. So if you are thinking about going, uh, register today because uh, the spots are going to go really, really quick. Um, and I'm stoked to to be able to do it at uh, what is an absolutely incredible and beautiful golf course uh, just outside of Atlanta. Um, it is it's a little bit mind-blowing for me coming from Chicagoland area and going, wow, I didn't know things like this existed um, other than, you know, places like Colorado or whatever. But it's uh, it's gorgeous out there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that lake is beautiful. We're excited. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be crazy, man. We, uh, we well, I, guess, I guess because this is our third year, um, you know, we've learned uh, a lot of what to do and what not to do, what worked um, through that process. We have some, like, pretty awesome prizes this year for some of the stuff that we're giving away for some like fun games. Um, other ones are, um, you know, things like longest drive close to the pin, longest putt, all that stuff, giving away another Traeger, a bunch of bad birdie shirts. Uh, if you don't know who bad birdie is, look them up. They're awesome. Um, set of sticks, golf clubs. Uh, if you beat Jeff and Jeremy Bagwell and Rusty Anderson and whoever that fourth ringer is going to be on their team. Uh, that team in, uh, is going to be entered to win uh, some Ross swag, uh, MXU swag, whether you guys know it or not. Jeremy already gave it away. Uh, <laughs> Box Pro V1s. It's going to be awesome. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, beat the celebrities here. Uh, the, these ringers who are, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm not, a, I'm not a celebrity or a ringer, but I will say, <laughs> what happens if we win? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't asked Jeremy about that. It was all Jeremy's idea. So if, it, if you guys win, then I'm just going to be like, dude, this is a bad look for you guys. It doesn't like, come on, what are you doing? Well, I want a bad in your shirt, face at least. <laughs> uh, what else are we giving away? We're giving... Husky? Do y'all have husky size? Dude, husky baby. Come on. I'm like, great. I'm like an XL plus. I'm not I'll quite one. the 2X, but I'm, I'm somewhere. Basically, if you take an XL and just put your arms in it and just stretch it out a little bit for me. It'll feel great. <laughs> That's great. Great. Oh my gosh. Uh, what else are we giving away? Uh, solo stove, uh, wow, some AirPods, nice. Oculus Quest. You know those things like the the VR goggles. Those are like crazy. Like I kind of yeah. wanted to pick prizes of things that like I wanted to buy, but they feel too expensive for me to buy, and my wife not like kill me. Um, <laughs> bunch of like Visa gift cards for some other games that we're doing. Trophies, winners are getting some really nice range finders. If they, you know, don't that's really have awesome. Them. It's oh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be. Are great. we doing the uh, spin the wheel thing again? We just uh, were deciding that yesterday because that was such a fun one, man. Um, was like, it though? I mean, if you spun and got a bad deal, it was like really hard. So our it, first hole, uh, I'm gonna go back to two years ago. So our first hole ended up being the spin the wheel hole, and it was. You had to play the entire hole with whatever club came up on the wheel. And so I spun the wheel, and mine was putter. And so I had to play the entire <laughs> hole with a putter. Let me just say the tee shot was not very impressive, and neither was the second shot or the third or the fourth. So it's, a, it's a quite a challenge. I just If we do it again, I don't want it to be my first hole. That's all I'm saying. I need a little bit of warm-up before I go try to – whack a putter down the middle of the fairway uh that's that's a really fun one 
last year we had um, the guys from Bad Cards for Good Golfers. And so they have like a yep. set of cards, you know, you can play when you're playing golf or a scramble or something like that with your buddies. And, um, you know, in their cards, it was like, Hey, like pick a, you know, pick a club from this bucket. And all you see is the, you know, the grip and you pull it out and it's like a rubber seven iron, you know, and you're trying to tee it off oh. with, with one of those, uh, one of them, I think we have some video, um, of Jeremy Bagwell teeing off of an actual like T ball tee. Like his ball is like up on a T-ball tee and he had to swing it like a baseball bat. Um, it was, yes, it's, it was a blast. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm stoked for this year, man. It's been like, yeah, it's become a thing. Um, and uh, awesome. I'm stoked for, yeah, what that's, what that's going to look like for all the people that are coming. Yeah, we can't wait. Yeah, thanks awesome. for doing it. And thanks for, thanks for aligning it around our event because originally it wasn't going to be. And we appreciate you guys making it happen so that we can actually welcome all these people to both events. Cause I think totally. you know, people who people who come on Wednesday for the golf and stay through Friday for our event, it's just, you know, the community building and the potential for just connection and relationship building is going to be really at the forefront of all that we're doing. You know, speaking of that, just so you guys know, you know, we've, we've kind of added something to our event that might be helpful to know. Um, we've decided that we're going to, have lunch on site both days. So we're going to feed you as part of your experience, which means you're going to have those extra hours to be able to be at Passion City, sitting down, breaking bread with people that you know or may not know. You get to talk to manufacturers and integrators and other folks, folks from the church. You know, you can figure out how Passion is pulling off some of what they're doing. And just to be kind of on site together for the whole day not have to take a two hour break so that you can go try to find a place to eat and come back and all that. It's, it's going to be great. Again, we're, we're really focusing on how can we get connected and stay connected as leaders and people who serve our local churches. So we're stoked. And I think, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit you to too much here, but I think Amplio is actually going to be part of making that happen. And so we're we really are. excited. Yeah. We're excited about that. So thank you for that. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. Like, I like the way that you worded it, just like breaking bread with one another. And like, I think maybe in church, we say that a lot and it, I think kind of loses its meaning, uh, sometimes. And, um, last year it was this week last year, I actually got to go to refuge in, um, Wyoming. And if you don't know what that is, you just check it out. Um, but there's basically only two rules when you get there and it's, um, Actually, there's maybe only one rule, and it's everybody shows up at the same table for dinner every night. Um, yeah. And it just, you know, it's talking about, you know, the disciples and breaking bread with one another and the community that happens over a, uh, over a meal um, is incredibly powerful, whether it's in your own family or friends or people that you don't know. And so uh, I am excited to be able to do that in Atlanta at MXU because... Um, yeah, taking time to drive around in Atlanta traffic. My gosh, who wants to do that? Like, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, not. I stay there anyways. Uh, Jeff was just in Atlanta this weekend. He sat in no traffic, but he did have some amazing fellowship around the table with some old friends. We definitely did. It was awesome. Saturday night we got to go to dinner. If okay, so uh, we got to talk about Tycon a little bit. So, oh yeah, the Ticonderoga Club is a restaurant 
bar that is in a development in Atlanta called the Crog Street Market. And it is, I mean, it's awesome. It was just opening and gaining traction around the time that we were leaving Atlanta. I'd been there a few times, but this is kind of like, Jay, this is like your regular spot now. Yeah, this is my local. Uh, I have two locals. I have like a, uh, just a, you know, a little sports bar when, when the game's on. And then I've got like when I need some better food and, and, a, and, a, and a serious beverage. This yeah, is so like we did the, uh, we did the chuck wagon. We were celebrating somebody's birthday and we did the chuck wagon, which is a large plate of really good meat and a side of potatoes. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but can we talk about the parsley for a minute? They bring this plate and it's literally like parsley. It's just parsley on a plate, but it's got red onion and this little vinaigrette. And I'm telling you, it was delicious. And I it's didn't like, even eat parsley, but I ate it. I mean, it was so good. And I'm going, who would have thought to just bring me a plate of parsley and have it taste as good as it did? So anyway, it was That's a great so night. They have a table upstairs they call the captain's table. Um, they they kind of got a kitschy like theme going on, but uh, like a lot of main aquatic water type stuff. But anyways, uh, and they call it's called Ticonderoga Club, but and it's you know it's members only, but there are there are no members. It's just you know it's a, it's just fun. Um, but the captain's table makes it even more special because you can get eight to ten people around a table, and you just yeah. order family style and just split it at the end. And we we're celebrating a friend's birthday, and it was. Honestly, it was great. Dude, it looks like you and I are going there Thursday night of the MXU live event, man. That's, I cannot wait for you to buy I, I, li- some dinner, I, I literally live around the corner. so um, Let's I, go, man. I've, I've, Jeff, I have eaten a truck wagon with one other person before. Yeah, you have. It's a lot of meat. Yeah, it is. I believe, I believe you could do it, though. For those listening, looking for places to go when you're here for the golf tournament or for MXU live, I put a little, uh, if you scroll down on the live event page, on the MXU live page, there's a bunch of restaurants and hotels and places uh, to go explore Atlanta. So do that. It's a great city. Uh, For most of you, like, smaller, non-metropolitan people, probably don't get on MARTA. It might make you a little nervous. Um, (laughs) My gosh, dude. uh, Caleb, you're in Chicago, so you're fine. Um, Yeah, I know. I know what... uh what those smell like the uh, every train you know what i mean if you ever get in a pinch in atlanta just tell them you know me you'll be fine <laughs> anybody i like that i remember the first time i think i ever went to atlanta it was to visit a uh, buddy who just had moved there out of college and him and his wife i think they only had one car at a time at, at the time and he's like oh hey man it's fine like we'll take marta like around and i was like what is that like what are you talking about and he's like oh it's kind of like the l in chicago i was like what I was like, we should not it's be doing like this. The this is <laughs> not even close. <laughs> oh my it's gosh, man. So, so funny. Oh, it's the best. Absolutely the best. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm stoked for this, guys. It's going to be this going to be a fun event. So, what else has uh, been going on up in the uh, the Great North? Man, the Great White North is coming. Winter is coming up here. Um, you know, I have been on the Amplio team for just over a year. Um, it's been absolutely crazy to kind of see 
us go from kind of where we were to um, today. And even just like when I jumped on staff, lots of things have changed uh, both good and, and uh, just, you know, different and stuff like that. I think like for me, I joke with people all the time. Like uh, now that I don't work on the weekends, like full-time at a church, uh, I realized how long Monday to Friday actually is like, Oh my gosh. Like it's like, <laughs> when I, I'm like, Holy cow. Like this is, <laughs> this is crazy. Cause I was so used to like this, you know, chopped up, schedule of, Hey, I'm off on Mondays and Fridays. And then I work, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursdays and Saturdays, Sundays, stuff like that. So it's been, um, it's been really interesting for us at Amplio to kind of relook at that from like, I'm trying to keep that lens that I had of the TD's perspective or production manager's perspective as much as I can to try to go, Hey, what things can we do that would be helpful for this community? Not just so that we can, you know, sell them gear because that's, to be honest, it's the last thing that like we actually care about in that instance. We're talking about uh, developing people and communities that like deeply love the local church and want to stay where they're at and feel rooted um, in some of the environments that they're in. And so, uh, this fall we are uh, we're getting ready to launch a, a really really cool uh, podcast, which I would love for it to eventually turn into the amplio joe rogan experience you know what i'm saying um and uh, maybe <laughs> less maybe less other things that joe rogan does in his podcast but uh inviting some people up to um our office in chicago and being able to just have some conversations about um what they're doing in their church and this is not just for production people but for uh anything from uh, creative pastors and worship pastors that we have on it and executive pastors just talking about what their staff looks like and how they're going from Sunday to Sunday, essentially. And so we're like super, super excited to uh, uh, be able to share that with you guys. And it'll be launched sometime um, this fall, uh, pre-Christmas. And so we're we're really, really stoked for that. Um, we don't want to like copy you know, just doing the same sort of production, um, you know, uh, podcasts that are out there. It's not like those are bad, but to be honest, I've been on lots of them and I say lots of the same things. And so we're just trying to go, Hey, who are people that are doing incredibly innovative things in their churches? And this is anything from, uh, what they're actually doing in their weekend services to how are you actually leading your teams and staying healthy through the midst of, um, things like a pandemic and then all of a sudden like rallying around your church staff with maybe less of a budget than you used to have or uh, not enough staff that you you know probably should have on your team and stuff like that and just talking about how to how to do some of those things and so uh, we are really really excited to um, to do that uh, hopefully we can get you know one or both of you guys on it as well it'd be it'd be super fun that'd be great uh, my schedule's a little crazy man I'm you're gonna have to talk to my people. Or talk to your people. <laughs> you got to do clearance it. from the feds. The feds get involved when it gets you know when it goes on air. So it's just oh my gosh. I mean, if you got to pay the licensing, simple. Sold. <laughs> Sold. I'm uh I'm stoked, man. It's it's gonna be really really good. I'm hoping, uh, you know when I, when I look at the goals of like, hey, what does this actually do? I'm just hoping that we're serving and and maybe even introducing, uh multiple different crowds to each other, meaning like, Hey, if the production person has never really listened to a podcast with, ex with an executive pastor on it, I think it's probably important for those people to listen to that podcast and vice versa, um, yeah. for, um, XPs to be able to sit and listen to maybe not just 
you know, production or creative people, but just, just to um, be able to have some honest conversations about where the local church is today, where their church is at, and then how we can use each other's tools to uh, do it better effectively. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're really, really excited for it. And, um, you know, I think in this last season for me, um, maybe just being at Amplio, but I think um, part of uh, the way that we are trying to approach a lot of things is like when we're talking about the markets that we serve, the churches that we are serving, um, I personally have wrestled with a lot of things of like, hey, through this transition of transitioning off of a church staff, and I talked about it even in the last MXU podcast that um, we did uh, last fall. It's like, what does it look like to transition um, to caring for your family in a different way than the way you're, you know, kind of doing it right now in your season of ministry? Um, have you guys read Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer? Oh my I gosh, have, yeah. yeah, dude. I, I read it like maybe 2017, 2018. And uh, I went on vacation this summer and I, I got back and I was like, hey, I feel like I should reread this. I just feel like my world was spinning at a pace. It was like a little bit chaotic. And I reread it and I was like, oh my gosh. Like um, it, it really makes me think and it makes, uh, I think a lot of the conversations that we're having with churches uh, a little bit more like, Hey, you guys are wrestling with the same things we are, both in speed and what you're doing, whether you're in the marketplace, whether you work for an integrator, whether you work for a church. Um, we all live crazy, crazy lives and just like this ability to stop and slow down and go, hey, what's the most important thing um, you know, for you in this season? Um, and for me, family, uh, it's a big deal. I sent my my uh middle kid off to kindergarten this morning, um, which was very, very sad. Very sad. Like I, yeah, definitely was the guy crying at the bus stop, uh, watching my kid drive away. Um, well, he wasn't driving the bus, but you know what I mean. Um, and uh, it's been crazy, man. So just uh, it happens to me too. Except I don't have kids, so I'm just the weird guy <laughs> crying at the bus stop. Everybody's weird <laughs> uncle, yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's just you know, and I think in this season, and then today, it's just got me so like just thinking so much about like. How am I living my life? How am I living in, in uh, my career? How are the things that we're doing at Amplio affecting these people in a different way? And like, I think that there are things like that and seasons in people's lives that like help like kind of recenter the priorities and values of uh, whether you're doing it in your role or you're doing it at home and going, hey, uh, you know, I, I was literally just talking to a couple of guys a couple of minutes ago before we jumped on here. Um, about the quote unquote busy season of church starting here in the next couple of weeks. You know, I used to think of September to December 26th as this chaos and busy season. And I, I would come back from a summer vacation and just not look forward to school yeah. starting and, you know, uh, church picking up with men's groups and women's groups and all of these things and all of the chaos that is, uh, that it would, maybe cause me or my team to have to kind of deal with, you know? And so it was just a lot of reminders over the last uh, couple of weeks that I've been thinking about of just that season and feeling for the people that, you know, listen to this and uh, maybe you're feeling that same pressure or, or uh, you know, kind of feeling that, Oh my gosh, I hope, I hope this next season of September to Christmas is okay. Cause it goes, you know, like that. And um, yeah, so I'm, Caleb, I haven't, I haven't read the book. The title seems pretty self-explanatory, but, 
what were like um having read it the second time like what were the, your takeaways the first time and second time obviously seasons of life apply yeah so yeah. but like if you had to give three major takeaways like elevator pitch what would you tell people listening and then i've got to follow up after that yeah um i think for me you know one of the one of the funny things that he kind of talks about in this is uh, the speed of your life and the way that you are running, whether it's in your career, your family, whether you're a college kid or a retiree, um, can be crazy regardless of, of what you're doing. And so for him, he's just like, hey, you have to focus and practice daily, um, not only just like actually being still. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think of like the, uh, it's probably guilt that I had as I was reading it both the first time and the second time of going, Hey, are you stopping to actually be silent in the moment? Because I'm not just saying like, stop and listen and like, listen to music sitting on a park bench, it, like, like actually being silent and going, uh, why does it feel bad for me to be in silence? I'm an audio guy. MXU started, uh, doing audio and just going, man, we don't live for silence. Um, silence bothers me. I like falling asleep with the TV on. I like uh, driving in my car, listening to music or a podcast or a book. Um, and it was this kind of gut check for me of going, man, am I actually like sitting still enough to listen to what God is like speaking to me in this moment and for me to actually be like paying attention enough to hear that. And so uh, that's, that's the one thing like, that's one of them is like, uh, you know, stopping to be silent. Um, I think the next thing, and this probably plays a little bit to like my kids and feeling like, oh my gosh, I know my middle kids going to kindergarten. My youngest is starting pre-K in like two weeks, um, was the way that I was responding, uh, in moments of frustration. And one of the things he talks about in the book is he's like, uh, how would people say that you are when you're rushing out of the house or trying to get your kids out of the house to go to an appointment or to church or to whatever these things are? And what is your response in those moments of the way that you're, um, you know, kind of leading your family? And I was like, oh my gosh, well, mine is not great because I'm the guy sitting in the car, honking the horn, going, come on, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> um, you know, and so it's just like realizing that your pace that you are, um, you know, kind of running around with, um, is not the pace that we should be running at. And it affects your family, uh, greatly. It affects the, uh, you know, kind of people that are around you, um, and to just kind of stop and just go, Hey, this is wrong. And how do I, how do I make this, um, you know, a little bit different? And so, that's, so good. that's good. That was, that's a, that's a really, really big one. And then I think, I think the, the last thing is like, when it goes back to like practicing, like, like actually being, um, uh, you know, trying to slow down your life and what you're doing, uh, saying no to some things that you, that you maybe want to do. Um, and knowing that, Hey, this is going to be better for me to actually take a day off and to not do the things that I'm actually, um, you know, trying to do. And so like, I would say in the last, you know, month and a half that I reread that book, like, um, I, I like got like during me reading this book, I, uh, got like, like, crazy ad for, um, this app that basically goes on your phone and blocks social media apps, you know, from whatever time that you set it to. And so it's called Opal. It's really, really sweet. Um, oh. so I got it 
And I was like, Hey, when I get home at five o'clock, I do not want to be distracted, you know, laying on the couch, hanging out with my kids, um, by sitting on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is and just scrolling like death scrolling. And now it's like, Nope, I I just can't, like, it doesn't let me do it. And if I have to get on it, I have to push, like, take a break and I got to wait 45 seconds for it to open up. Um, you know, and then I'm only good for 15 minutes at a time. So it's like, it's a forced habit that has caused me to go, Hey, the amount of time that I'm spending doing that is so astronomical um, that I'm missing out on my kids' lives. And uh, whether whether they remember it or not, you won't have memories of some of that stuff when you're scrolling on Instagram. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so guilt-driven for me in that moment. <laughs> and uh, so it was, good. it's yeah, it's, it's an incredible book, uh, Ruthless Illumination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And uh, I think every person who works in a church should read it because it was a shocking um, living you know, the way that I just thought was normal and going, Oh my gosh, I think I'm, I think I'm doing some things wrong here. Cause this feels a little, a little crazy. So like on a full tilt week, right. Say that there's a big, uh, college event on Tuesday, Monday, you're just trying to catch your breath after Sunday, Wednesday, there's rehearsals and maybe another, you know, student thing happening in the building. Thursday, there's a women's thing. Friday, you're trying to just unplug, but you end up sneaking away and having to go up to the church for two hours to get ahead. Saturday, you're in go mode. Sunday, you're in go mode, right? So what if someone just said to you, that's what every week feels like to me, which is realistic a lot. Yeah. Times in the church world, plus everything else going on, plus meetings, right? We just meet for no reason, it feels like. Yep. Um, like if, if I said to you, this is my week, what are three things you're going to tell me to stop doing or doing like immediately? A quick, just what comes to mind. Yeah, that's uh because like i heard everything you said yeah and it's sometimes you just need to you need someone to say to you you are leaving at five o'clock today every yep. day non-negotiable yep. if it's not done by five either your your time management sucks or you're overworked and you've got to fix it but you're leaving. like what are what yeah. are those like real practical things uh it's interesting you say that because like as you're talking i'm thinking about like um there are some leaders in churches or organizations, whatever, whoever, you know, people work for, uh, that do do that, that they're like, Hey man, five o'clock is here. You need to get out of here. You need to stop, go home, stop emailing. All of a sudden I see an email at seven o'clock message him and go, stop. Like, you don't need to do that. Like you can wait till tomorrow. Um, you as an individual are in charge of your own schedule in life. And I think that, um, and I say this from experience, so I'm only going to speak for myself. Um, I think that I forced expectations of what people thought that I should be doing um, into my own role. And I did them thinking this is what they're making me do. And the reality was if my bosses or whatever knew that I was doing that, I think they would go, dude, you don't have to do that right now. Like we can do this tomorrow. We can do this next week. Um, and nobody is going to protect your schedule or your family like you will. And so it's an incredibly like forced um, habit to go, hey, are the things that I'm doing things that can actually wait? And I find myself personally doing stuff like that all the time, whether it's at work and just going, I just want to finish it because I just want to get it done and hit the checkbox on my to-do app and be done with it. And then I'm just going, but like at the expense of what? Like it's now six o'clock, now it's 6.30. My kids go to bed at 7.30, 7.45. I got an hour with them tonight. Like that sucks. Like, I don't, I don't want that, man. Yeah. And so, 
Um, I think it's like looking at your schedule and looking at your, um, the things that you actually have to get done and go, what things are things that I am telling myself that I want to get done right now? And what things are things that, um, actually can wait. And I think that if you actually take a deep look at what those things are, I think that there's a lot more movement in, uh, people's schedules. And again, like I'm generalizing it and I don't think that's, uh, always the case. I know that I've had seasons in my life that I just go, I'm traveling this week. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's chaos. Um, and so it's when you have the seasons of you're able to sit down and go, Hey, uh, what things do I need to make priority to cut out some of those things and just evaluate what things am I putting on myself that I'm wanting to get this done, uh, by and what things are as my leadership of my church or my bosses actually asking me to do in this moment. Um, That's good. I think there's another aspect too that sometimes there may really be something going on at home that you're trying to escape from. And that can be really yep. dangerous too, because it's too easy to justify overworking and spending more time than you need to at church because it's church than actually dealing with what you need to deal with at home. So for some of you guys, if you find yourselves wanting to stay extra busy or wanting to stay at church as an escape from a hard conversation or a hard season or something that you just may need to go and work it out with your wife. I would just challenge you to be mindful of that because if you let that fester, it's going to be a cancer in your home. So yeah, don't use the excuse that because I'm working for the Lord, I can just be gone. Because that's very similar to the house I grew up in. My my parents were struggling in their marriage, and my dad became a workaholic to stay away from her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying from personal experience, do not do that to your wife and kids. Because yeah. it will leave scars. That's good. That's so good, man. And uh, you don't have to do it alone. You know, like, right. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta let someone else in to hold you, your feet to the fire. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And whatever it is, but it, and whatever it is. Yeah. That's really good. That's so good. I, I think that time is relative, right? Like time is relative to the season that you're in. Um, and that's anything from my kids are three years old and they're crazy and terrible or whatever that is, you know, that's a season of life. And that's like time is relative for me in that moment, or time is relative during Christmas and Easter at your church and going, this is chaotic in my 60 hour weeks, 70 hour weeks, 80 hour weeks is very real to you, but it's relative in that moment. And, um, uh, like I was always so confused about like, uh, when the Bible talks about time, you know, and heaven on earth and like, you know, a day in heaven is like a thousand years on earth. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Inception, Christopher Nolan's director's f- f- crazy. I rewatched it on a plane a couple months ago and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this, this movie is insane. I forgot about it. And one of the things on it is like, they land on this planet that's like way bigger than earth and time is like, you know, for every minute there, it's like, I forget how much it was, like a year you know, up on the people in the ship. And it was like, they come back after 23 minutes and like, dude, it's been 23 years that you've been gone. And they're like, Oh my gosh. And that for me hit home incredibly hard, whether I'm working at a church or not. And that's the reality is like, um, 
when I think of that, I can blink just like I did this morning with my wife and I reminiscing about my children being born and now sending them off to kindergarten of going, dude, don't waste your life away working and enjoy the moments that you have with your family and friends, your parents, um, the communities that you have. I just go, man, I think, um, yeah, I think it's an, I think it's an amazing, amazing opportunity for people to, um, use that as a wake up call to go, Hey, uh, just because you might've not been doing that for the last year, five years, 10 years, doesn't mean you can't start today to go, Hey, I really want to invest in the people around me. I think that's, yeah, that's good. You know, it's, it's the reason why we we're trying to start a podcast to just go, Hey, we want to develop more people and relationships with people like that who are just going have struggled with that too. And just like you said, Jay, like you're not alone, um, and what you're doing. And so it's like, it's just a perspective and time is relative to the season you're in. And so yeah, know that it's, you know, it's funny. I mean, time, time is relative, but time is also a thief. A hundred percent. You talk about your kids, you know, you've got little kids and you're just starting out. I sent my 17 year old off to school this year for her junior year of high school. And the distance between that moment and the moment you're in is like that instant. And so Time, if you're not careful, time will steal all that time in between. And so yeah. you've got to be so intentional. God, you should work for Hallmark. You really should go work for Hallmark. That was, <laughs> that was but for, good. But for a young leader, I mean, if you can learn that lesson early, I think it will help your ministry. It'll help your family. Yeah. It'll help your relationship with your volunteers. Because all of a sudden, you'll realize, oh, wait, we're having this rehearsal tonight for a special event i can't keep my volunteers an extra hour because i'm not prepared because i'm going to steal time from their family so how can we prepare so that we make time efficient for everyone so that if i obligate my volunteers to be a part of this special thing that they want to be a part of we can actually manage our time in such a way that we honor them and they want to be a part of what we're doing and do it again and they're not That's so good breeding resentment at home. They're not dealing with, you know, uncommunicated, unmet expectations and all that kind of stuff that becomes just, yeah. you know, toxic to the culture. And yeah. a lot of our listening community is not married and have kids. So Jeff, I know it's been like 80 years since you've been married. So I'll just talk for now. Caleb, I don't know how long you've been married, but, <laughs> but it's it like the single singleness, the uh, guys and girls that are listening, like it's, a trap for us and it's a little inverse for us. Like we have, we don't have that boundary of, you know, someone waiting. It's easy to tell your roommate or if you live by yourself, I had to work late tonight, but like, you don't have the responsibility of putting the kids down and all that stuff. So, but don't do it. Like, uh, uh, here, a passion. We have a lot of young single people and I'll stop by cause I left something here or I'll come make something at night or whatever. I'm here. I'm like, what are you doing here? They're like, Oh, I just, need to catch up on a few things like go get a life like i'm i'm kind of just mean about it. I'm like get go get a life like i mean jeff knows me i'm i have a very active social life i probably have too active of a social life but i'm still able to get most of my stuff done you know it's like it's about the balance but don't use the singleness part to overwork yourself too because the burnout then you're isolated you don't even have a great you know place to go home and at least have someone to, to vent or to call you on it it's way easier to do it in the single thing. So if you're single and listening and you feel like you're just, or don't let people take advantage of you because you're single. 
I've seen That's it happen too, a million yeah. times where they're, they're like, hey, so-and-so can do it. Like, he's got nothing going on. That, well, that honestly, respectfully, is none of your business. Yeah. Two, it's rude and like out of line for you to assume that because they're not married. They don't have anything going on. If y'all knew how many dates I went on in a week, I mean, just, oh my, <laughs> I, I'm totally kidding. I, I have the opposite problem there too. I'm like, someone's like, yeah, that girl's attractive. I'd be like, yeah, she's cute. No, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. That's set, all. Y'all set me up with your, just set me up with your sisters, guys. Whoever's listening oh at home. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Let's that's let's amazing. make a bit of a turn. Um, you know, I, oh, I know <laughs> you don't want to talk about my dating life. <laughs> well, you know, I just that's want to a whole get another podcast. Yeah, exactly. So you guys are you guys are about a lot of great things at Amplio, but at the end of the day, you do design and install systems for churches. So, mm-hmm. what are you like as you're having conversations with churches and coming into this new season? For people who are doing new builds or upgrades or, you know, changing out equipment, whatever, what are the, what are the questions people are asking? What are the, like, is there anything that's surprising to you? What are you hearing as you're talking mm-hmm. to churches of like, oh, wow, this, this next season for our company is going to be different because of X. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the obviously one of the biggest things that the world has seen is the la- or the amount of time that it takes to get certain pieces of equipment. The whole world is you know very much aware of that, and uh, that plays heavily into churches. Uh, I would just say typically being a little bit more slow to make a decision of going, "Hey, we want to buy that audio console. We want to put that new PA in," and then they go, "All right, we're ready." And we go, hey, we just checked, and it's twelve month or twelve weeks from PO, you know, or or eighteen weeks from PO, or whatever that looks like. Sometimes eighteen months from PO, and we just go, oh shoot, like that's maybe we should have thought about that differently. And so, uh, a lot of our conversations is going, hey, as you're looking at this next project, as you're looking at what your church is looking to do, uh, don't just think about your immediate needs. But think about what your needs are going to look like in five years and then try to extend it even farther into the next 10, especially when we talk about uh, new buildings, uh, the things that you think that are important now or not important right now, really reconsider, uh, is that actually what you might need in the next five years? Or would you ever imagine that you would use more channels than this on your console? Or would you ever imagine that you would need uh, you know, more inputs in your switcher than 30 or whatever, you know, whatever that is. And you go, oh my gosh, 30, it's a ton. And, you know, then you talk to a guy like Rusty Anderson, you're like, yeah, no, it's not a ton. Um, how do we, how do we do that? And so, uh, think long-term about the things that you're looking to do in your church and then start the conversation early. Like, uh, one of our biggest things for us is we are just trying to be the guide because we do it every single day to help churches navigate the sea of, if you're doing a new, building and you're having to work with an architect and working with, um, you know, general contractor and electricians, all of these things, we just help speak, Hey, make sure you ask these questions or, Hey, if we're able to jump on a call with you guys and the GC, we'd be more than happy to handle some of these conversations for you guys. Uh, because it can be incredibly overwhelming, especially for churches that maybe haven't built a building or haven't done a new campus in, you know, uh, years and years. Cause they've been in their, you know, existing building. And so to get ahead of some of those conversations is really, really key. Um, 
because I think this, I mean, in the same way that like we see delays in gear, I think, um, we see things like villages and cities taking longer to approve permits for them to, uh, you know, do, uh, to, to break ground on the building or for an electrician to go buy all the copper that's going to go into your building. And all of a sudden copper prices jump and the electrician has to come back and go, Hey, this project's actually going to cost an extra 30 K because the price of copper just went up and, you know, we didn't, you know, kind of deal with it. So those conversations we're having every day with churches and just trying to navigate, um, yeah. And if there's any, if there's any way to describe what we do well, um, I think it would just be to help guide churches through that. Um, I would say messy and complicated area of doing a new project, doing a new build, an upgrade in your existing building. Um, and one of the best parts about it is, uh, we've seen lots and lots of craziness. And so, uh, we've been able to learn through some of those things that other churches have experienced and shit say, Hey, here's what we just saw happen in this area of Phoenix and your, your church is in Phoenix. We should make sure that we start this conversation about permits, uh, with the architect, with GC, all of these things earlier in the conversation. And then knowing, Hey, we want to launch by Easter of next year. I go, awesome. We should make sure we put in uh, POs for gear immediately. So we make sure that we get the stuff that we want versus, um, you know, kind of, kind of having a piecemeal a system together by what, you know, will actually show up on time. So, that's good. Uh, it's a different world of doing a projects than what it was pre COVID. I dream about pre COVID um, <laughs> and uh, what that was like. And uh, the world's just different today. And um, so we have to kind of navigate that differently. And I think churches uh, are finding that out either in advance or sometimes the hard way. And so we're just trying to help walk them through that process of uh, the way that we would want to approach it. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love that. Love you guys. We love Chicago. Tell everyone we said, hey, and thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Tell us the name of the book that everyone needs to read again. If those of those us weren't writing things down. Yeah. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. He's a pastor at a church out in Portland. Uh, great, great guy. Uh, an amazing book and amazing author. Get on Audible. He's a uh, he's the guy who narrates it. And so if you listen to books, uh, that's also a great way. And he's uh, he's not a he's not one of those boring people listen to so yeah it's uh it's pretty good if mxu ever writes a book we need to have jay be the voice of the audiobook but it's me doing like a morgan no i want dj Khaled to do it <laughs> oh that that would be good and we've come full circle i like it how would how would dj Khaled intro like a session at mxu live give us a little bit jay oh i don't know if i could uh, call it up like that uh, in the moment, but but there's only one way to find out, and it's to come to MXU Live. If you want to see Jay's best DJ Khaled impression, or or see if Jay was able to actually get him to come, you got to come with us. If you can get John Michael Montgomery or whoever wrote that book to get on the podcast, I'll get DJ Khaled to do something. Sold. Was that a pun? Sold. sold a pun? Let's do it, man. Let's go. No, sold is the name of a John Michael Montgomery song. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. So there you go. Ah, come on, yeah. 90s yes. country, it's where it's at, guys. Get back there. Sold to the lady in the second row. She's an ancient, she's an ancient, she's a ten. I know she got ruby red. Nope, nobody. Absolutely. Hey, Stella would be right listen. with you on that one. She would sing every word for of that sure. song. All right, guys. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for being here, Caleb. Love what you guys are Thanks. doing. Can't wait till the golf tournament at MXU Live. We'll see you in Atlanta. See you in Atlanta. Take care.